Thank you for joining me for another episode of Intuition, Your First Sense. I just had the best discussion, interview, conversation with David Strickle. And I know people say that on their podcasts, and but this really was delightful. And we talked about manifestation. We talked about channeling. Um, we talked about the work that he does, the Taya practice, Trust Your Abundance. And we talked about some of the misinformation that's out there about manifesting. And then also the stream that he channels. And it was just such a great conversation. I felt like I was with a kindred spirit. So you'll be able to hear my very excited voice throughout the process. I'm so grateful for David for coming on. And he's agreed to come back and do a channeling with the stream. And if you have any questions that you'd like to approach, that'd be great. Uh, Thank you again so much for participating in this. And I think I'm going to go run around the block while you listen to this podcast. So this episode, we are blessed, I feel, to have uh, David Strickle with us. And I've just become aware of you um, in the last, I'd say, month or so. And I feel, not to sound too out there, but I feel very kindred here. Um, And once we get into it, I'll fill a little bit more on that. But thank you so much for coming in, uh, coming in, like you popped over to Massachusetts, uh, for coming on uh, to Intuition, Your First Sense, and uh, for bringing your wisdom and the stream's wisdom, and we'll explain what that is too. So... Welcome. And can you give us a little bit about yourself? (laughs) Thank you for having me. And thanks to everyone for listening and participating. I always appreciate communing with others and sharing this message. So uh, as you are, I am a channel. I believe everyone is a channel in their way. Uh, But I actually share channel messages for the benefit of others. And I've been doing that publicly only since 2017. Not a long time. Everybody thinks I've been doing this forever. Well, you have. <laughs> and, and uh, well, there's a video out there where if anyone's an Abraham Hicks follower, someone goes on stage and asks Abraham about the stream, which is awesome. I call my version, my channel uh, mess- uh, messages or entities or however you want to refer to that as the stream. Because to me, it's a stream of consciousness that is source energy that we're all connected to. And so when I started uh, really delving into my channeling to where I could have a conversation, which took many years to get to that place, to allow myself to get to that place. I said, you know, who are you? <laughs> which dead people are you? <laughs> yeah, very clear. Yeah, we're not dead people. We're, we, we are source consciousness. We're original thought. We are the source of all creation and we flow through all things and we're available to all beings. And you can share this mm-hmm. and you can allow this and it would really I, I always say that i taught myself to do it really what i did was learn to no longer block it right with my judgment and fear and all that ego based stuff but it's been coming to me my whole life when i was a kid i called it my knowing mm-hmm. when i was a little kid i just thought everybody had that and i knew things and i very often um, questioned or doubted things that i was being taught especially in school and church and things like that and that got me into a lot of trouble as a child, not fitting into the path that I was being told to, to follow. So I got thrown out of Sunday school. I didn't really do well in school either. And I really had to become a self-taught individual. And my whole life has been like that. My parents were very disconnected from my life, which actually ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me. Because as I moved into adolescence, I only had what I now call the stream to guide me. 
because I didn't have a father around. I didn't have a mother that was really attached to, to caring about what was going on in my life. I was sort of raising myself <clears throat> from age six, really. So having this knowing guided me through life in a very unorthodox way. And it's something that I carried into adulthood. And I was you know, trying to figure out once I got into adulthood, I understood, okay, not everybody has this coming this way. Or if they do, they're not paying attention to it mm-hmm. uh, because I felt magical in certain ways, but I also messed my life up in other ways. I didn't listen to all of it. I really doubled down on the idea that if I manifested money and material things to, to a high enough degree, that that's what happiness was. Mm-hmm. And I did that. I manifested money and material things from the time I was a teenager, all the way through my twenties and thirties and found myself in my early forties with a lot of money and a lot of stuff and very unhappy because I really ignored uh, the love yourself message. I, I understood my worthiness and that's how I survived my childhood. But I really, really went deep into the whole law of attraction thing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know what it was called in the beginning. I thought it was something I invented, believe it or not, <laughs> way back. This is way before the secret. Uh, you know, I became aware of the book Think and Grow Rich in my yeah. 20s. Uh, and it really resonated with me because I understood that I had been doing that all along. Yeah. You know, I grew up in a single parent minimum wage household in poverty and I wore great clothes and drove a brand new car in high school. And I always just had everything mm-hmm. that I wanted for that period of my life. I always lived an abundant life at every stage. But I came to realize, you know, into my, in my early 40s that financial abundance and material abundance were fine, but they weren't bringing the joy that I really wanted. So I went very deep and inward and started meditating at a Kundalini awakening in 2010. Uh, and then from there, I started really reinventing my life, significantly reinventing my life and changing all the things I wanted to change. And in doing so, I found the changes and the techniques that I developed for myself so profound that I couldn't not share that with the world. Mm. Uh, I had built a career around teaching people how to be financially successful. And I was very good at that, but I saw them having problems in their lives that I wanted to help them with, but in a corporate environment, I could not. Mm. So I wanted to, to take this message and share it with people. Uh, you know, the whole thing that, Hey, it's not just about making a lot of money, making a lot of money is fine, but don't expect that to bring joy if, if you're not first joyful. Mm-hmm. So I reinvented my life and then I started teaching other people the tools that I created for myself. And that's, it's, it's interesting to hear this process because I purposely did not do a lot of research. And usually like you have a, a book out, I ordered it, but I couldn't bring myself to read it. And then I asked my team, I said, how come I can't pick this up? I really feel like this has great energy. It has um, amazing truth to it because there's a frequency to things, right? You can tell when something is full of bunk um, and you can, you know, save your coin on that if you're listening and tapped in. And I just couldn't do it. And then I sat back and said, okay, I'm, I'm here. What do you want me to do? I'm going to go with the flow on this. And I really feel like it's, Part of this is the stream that you talk of consciousness that flows through all of us that um, is available to all of us. And yet sometimes people have to be told what it is um, and and help to hear that it's okay. 
um, that this is of your wiring as well. Um, I really feel like some of it in the, I could tell that it wasn't a, no, don't have that guy on. It was more of a, no, don't preset. Like, don't go get the information and then just, you know, be the hostess or whatever. Like, be in this, in the experience, which is exactly what that flow is, right? Like, being lined up with that energy, that stream of the consciousness uh, that's flowing whether you're conscious of it or not, Um so you talk about this Kundalini, Kundalini awakening in 2010. Um, do you have a, um, a, I, I'm not, I always stumble a little bit on how best to describe this, but a conscious awareness of when you actually clicked into the whole, oh, this is bigger than me just knowing things. Like with the stream, like, do you have an event that happened or was this along the way? I just think it happened so differently for everybody. I'm just curious. So the the big aha for me was that first time, and I don't know if it was exactly the first time. I'm sure I tried to meditate off and on, uh, but I didn't realize that, you know, sitting in a posture and, and, and quieting your mind completely is not the only form of meditation. Mm-hmm. I had source flowing and I was already being guided to things and paying attention to that guidance just when my vibe was high. And now I understand that meditation is great. It's not a requirement. I still like it. But the transformational moment for me was that when I meditated and allowed myself to get silent. And I think I built a lot of momentum toward the desire of really understanding this message on a deeper level. So I'd set that intention. So when I sat and meditated, uh, and I was just sitting in my easy chair in my family room outside in Bellevue, Washington, and relaxed, quieted my mind, started enjoying silence, perhaps for the first time in my life. I was one of those people that always had to have music or TV or something on, noise on around me. Uh, And when I got really quiet, I had that eruption of energy from the base of my spine that electrified me. And it's still present to this day. And I'm I'm separated from it sometimes when I'm down in lower vibration, uh, but not often. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that was a big, you know, it was one of those things that, oh, nobody can tell me what this is outside of spiritual circles, but it's real. Mm -hmm. I feel it. I know that it's here, but there's no scientific uh, study of it that I'm aware of, at least not at that time. So what is this energy? What is this thing about me that's obviously different? And so I really went deep into that. So that was a big catalyst because from there, uh, I, I discovered the Abraham teachings And I realized that the Abraham teachings resonated with me on such a high level because it was like music to my ears. It was sort of what I was already experiencing myself being confirmed through another. But I realize now the the gift that was given to me in discovering the Abraham teachings was simply being okay with being a channel and it not being this weird thing. Yeah. And, you know, I'd seen people channel before and it always seemed like, you know, their head was spinning and, you know, they were, you know, yes. really, really, really physically affected by it. And that was their experience. But it, that freaked me out. Yeah. I was really judgmental of that. And I didn't want any part of that in my life. So Esther's sharing of Abraham in such a, uh, just a gentle way 
was very transformative for me and allowing this message to flow. And then ultimately I stopped consuming the Abraham material because I did not want to be a regurgitator of the Abraham material. I did not want to be the next Abraham. I don't think there's going to be a next Abraham. Mm -hmm. Abraham is perfect just the way that it is mm -hmm. and, and serves the audience that is aligned with it. And I have gone on since then to not really pay attention to external teachers, really go deep into the streams message and share that in a big way. And in the sharing that, the Taya practice emerged. And I described the Taya practice as the practical application of the streams teachings. So the stream comes through and answers questions and provides guidance. And uh, we we're finishing up our second book now. And I, I take a long time to write a book. Uh, it took me a few years to write my first book. We published that in 2018. That's the stream book uh, that you were referring to. And now we have uh, we finished um, the manuscript or the whatever you want to call it, the unpublished version of the book uh, of the Taya practice. And we'll be publishing that in six months to a year from now. Uh, and that took over three years to write. Because it took over three years to really develop the practice and teaching this to people all over the world, knowing what tools are needed for a variety of, of vibrations that allow people to absorb this practice and, and apply it in their lives and see the transformation that comes from it. So that big aha change for me really was that Kundalini moment of, of feeling that electricity that I think is our natural state of being that's just suppressed. Okay. And we stop suppressing it, yeah. we experience it. I, I agree with that. Um, there have been oftentimes people say to me, I'll have what you're having. And I'm like, you can. Um, because I didn't get the only plate, nor did you get the only plate. It, it, I think it does ha happen in those moments where you have that knowing or that experience. But sometimes it just happens in the joyful connection with someone. And you can feel that that energy of soul, I believe. Um, and I think our, all of our souls think that being human is hilarious and that they're just so excited to be here and learn and to bring the knowledge and to have that connection with, like you said, whatever we're referring to at source stream on, uh, super consciousness, whatever, it's all the same frequency, uh, same radio channel. Uh, you just have to tune your own little dial to see if you can get it. Um, uh, so that that's part of the excitement for me of having you on because I too followed a similar process with Esther and Abraham. And I remember taking a deep breath when somebody said, have you heard of this stuff? And I was like, nope. And I started listening and I started crying and I'm like, what is going on here? And then I thought, oh, okay. Cause growing up in a small town, the only person, you know, everybody feels like they're the only one. But when I would talk about things, they'd be like, you're weird. You're nuts. That doesn't happen. And I'm like, okie dokie. Um, and then to see this being, I actually went to a couple conferences and I must have looked like the biggest dink there because I was sitting, my ticket was three robes back. I'm sitting there. I couldn't look at her. I had to watch her on a teleprompter because her energy was so bright. I'm like, I am going to burn my retinas. <laughs> like I'm going to burn my third eye out. Uh, but I was just in such, just to be in energy of someone, you know, like yourself that, I feel like, and you could correct me if I'm off base here, but I feel like has this, um, 
ease about it. And I know it's not easy to always be running to feel the energy and to feel even the responsibility, I think, sometimes of bringing this information and being the face of it and everything. But that was one of the the frequencies I got from the just the email that came over that and I said to Tracy move them up move them up because you would have been like out in September but I'm like I, I've people need to hear that what they're feeling seeing experiencing however it comes to them that this is a natural state of being this is a wiring this is possible and your Taya practice which is trust your abundance because we haven't said that yet I, it, I, the trust aspect of any of this, it, I think is underappreciated because I, I have joked that trust should be a swear word sometimes because they're like, just trust it. Just trust. But I say it all the time. Trust your intuition. It's fine. It's there. And yet I know whew, sometimes that takes a deep breath. You know, sometimes that takes a leap and the net will appear. Um, aspect of life. And yet when I have found for myself that once this energy, once I allowed myself to receive the energy and the feeling of it, all of a sudden everything became safe. Like everything became okay. There's still turmoil. There's still hurt. There's still experiences, but I was like, it's fine. It's fine. And not in a fake everything's beautiful way, but in a, I might not understand this right now, but there's something happening that's going to work out to my benefit in some way. And I'm contributing. Like I am a big factor of this. So the trust your, uh, trust your abundance, the Taya practice, I think is that structure that people have been craving. And I like the playfulness that's around it. And I don't really even know what the playfulness is. I just feel it. And I, the matter of factness, I think is also what people are ready to hear now and accountability and responsibility. So give us a little bit about the Taya practice. Like I was going to say, you really, you get it. You really, really do get the vibration of it because it is very direct and matter of fact. It's it's not rainbows and fairy dust. <laughs> That's <laughs> one of my rainbows things. Rainbows and fairy dust are fine. Uh, unicorns are fine. <laughs> if you want to talk to you know, people from other planets or beings from other planets, that's all fine. Uh, <laughs> but it's not any of that. It, it really is going inward, 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 inward to your own natural abilities that are always there and always available and allowing your, your human vehicle to flow in harmony with universal law which is very simple. It's not this complex, uh, otherworldly thing. We're in it. Yeah. You know, the, the 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 energetic realm is is here. <laughs> We're in it. We are just expressed in physical. We are we are perceiving a physical reality as part of it. But it's not something we have to go out and find. It's in us. Source is in us. The universe is in us as much as it's out there. So, Taya is about stripping away the social engineering that humanity runs on by and large, which is very much rooted in fear and judgment, mm -hmm. stripping that away systematically from your, your human operating system, your mindset. Uh, and we have called this the new operating system for humanity because it's, it's detuning fear, detuning judgment, uh, allowing your natural source connection to be realized more and more and more of the time understanding that we move through vibrational flow. This is why we don't feel the same 
day after day after day. We move through this range of vibration, which creates this range of emotions. And there are days that we're in high vibration and we're feeling good and we're dreaming and we're trusting in those dreams and we're creating those things that we were dreaming about and the universe is delivering them. Hmm. And then this thing called polarity, uh, which is very <laughs> present in our environment, we're all aware of it, that pulls our vibration down a bit. And how we deal with polarity uh, really creates our life experience because none of us are living in this perfect flow of high vibration all the time without mm -hmm. dipping out of it from time to time. So how you learn to trust the universal process of creation, which is the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't talk about law of attraction much because I think law of attraction is like gravity. It's just happening all the time and we're moving through vibrational flow and therefore we're attracting positive things that we want and, and things that we consider negative that we don't want into our experience. But really it's all good mm -hmm. because the negative things that cross our paths, those are our creations also. And we learn to appreciate our, all of our creations for the gifts that are offered in them and stop judging it the way that we're taught to be judged and pushing against things that we're taught to push against life changes dramatically. Mm -hmm. That's where abundance flows in and abundance means trusting the universe to deliver a magical life experience. Uh, it's not necessarily an abundance of any specific thing. It really right. is what you want. We're here to discern our preferences in this, this wonderful earth environment. And the things that we love the most are expressions of source. That's why we align with them. That's why we adore them so much. And when we're separated from that a little bit, that's actually the process of driving us toward new creation and the solving of the obstacle to expand our being, mm -hmm. which is the expansion of the earth environment. It's expansion in our lives. It's expansion of the entire universe is new creation. We're expansive beings where we're, we are existing to be expansive and create more. And that more uh, is, is very often taken and, and sort of, bastardize in our world you know that's got to be more money you've got to have this life with with more of this or it's got to be that someone else is telling you what you're supposed to want mm -hmm. and when you start to strip away and question everything you realize gosh we are so programmed we are so programmed to feel like victims because it takes our power away we are so programmed to live in fear you know, everything is there to instill fear. If you don't do this, this bad thing is going to happen to you. I mean, we hear that all day. Mm -hmm. It's it's highly mm -hmm. utilized in marketing. It's utilized in our structured environments like school, uh, the workplace. You know, mm -hmm. I, I remember never believing in any of that. And I went into a corporate environment where half of my job, as I moved up the corporate ladder and I got really high on the corporate ladder, half my job was HR. You know, if you don't do this, we're going to do this to you. There's this consequence. You're going to be separated from your job. I mean, I just got so sick of hearing that because I didn't think that way. Mm -hmm. You know, we're abundant beings. If mm -hmm. I lose this job, I'll get another one. I'll forget. I told my boss that one time. Yeah. You know, I had this, this boss that was threatening me and I told her, you know, if I lose this job, I'll just go get another one. <laughs> and her <laughs> jaw dropped, you know, and I was in a mid six figure position and, and there's so much fear at that level. Yeah. You know, when you followed your way to the top and you've got the VP title or the, the CEO title and you're making all this money and you've got all this stock 
and then someone threatens your job, you're supposed to shake in your boots to do whatever they tell you to do. Mm -hmm. And my reaction wasn't that. I'll never forget that moment. Mm -hmm. You know, she was trying to threaten me into doing something. And I said, you know, you, this job could go away in a heartbeat. And I said, well, I'll just go find another one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I dis disarmed the power of that statement. And we have, we can do that on any topic. And, and think about where we're told to feel like victims in our society and how unempowering that is and how empowering it is to change the narrative to everything is our creation. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we have the power to transmute anything that we once considered negative to something positive and empowering. Mm -hmm. It's a very radical way to, to live life. But I see what it does for people. I see how it transforms their lives when you start to claim all of it. Even the things that you created, maybe in early childhood, that you have no idea how you could have created that. And that's where people have a problem with universal law. Mm -hmm. You know, I would have never attracted, you know, having cancer or being abused or, mm -hmm. you know, being born to, um, you know, in, into poverty. I would have never attracted that. Well, of course you did. Mm -hmm. We attract all of it. But it's not attraction as far as I want this or I deserve it or I'm paying the price for something I did in another lifetime. Oh. It's simply vibrational flow. That one makes me a little nutty. Um, I'm like, you know, there's no like real debt to society here. Like the empowerment that's available by recognizing that, okay, I may have done that in an unconscious place or from what I didn't know yet. And now that I have an awareness that I contributed and at all these different levels, well, cool. That means that I, I have said to people, there's no magic wand, but your magic. So it's, it's understanding that that's there, being able to see what's been created and um, to take some responsibility for that and then decide from there, this is what I'd like because that contrast can help so much to be able to say, okay, <laughs> I didn't really want that. What do I want? But then sometimes people don't know what they want. So we have to look at what you don't want. And, you know, I, I have said to some of my clients, like, listen, you wouldn't slap a kindergartner for not knowing trigonometry, right? So we're not going to go back and judge yourself for what's there, but we are going to learn from it. And we are going to feel out where you may be sometimes bouncing back into that vibration, um, revisiting it. And is that neural pathway work we have to do or just an understanding of how energy flows and just how amazing you are and then work with the, it's not just for everybody else, it's for you too, <laughs> you know? So um, it's exciting to hear this on a... Um, on a level that, because I believe everything that we do creates a ripple. So if we're looking at our own stuff and we're shifting that and raising that, well, then that just goes out exponentially, right? And we can then uh, contribute in another way. Um, so what is your, what's the like ooey gooeyness of the Taya uh, program for you? Like what's the part that, gets David to go, oh. Part that really gets me is the the concept of radical appreciation of all that is. And 
I say radical, it's really not radical at all. It's source perspective. It's, it's, we, the, the, my favorite tool in the practice is called zooming out <laughs> where you, you adapt source perspective in your 3d reality, which we all, again, it's in us. We have the power to do that. Mm-hmm. It's the perspective of no fear, no judgment. Right. And when you apply that across all of humanity, it's such a, uh, I'm using the term delicious here, which I don't usually, it's, it's this amazing feeling. It's, it's so satisfying to be able to look at any aspect of humanity and we're taught again to push against, you know, this is evil. This is bad. This is wrong. This shouldn't be, this can't be, this must be stopped. We must battle this. Well, those of us that understand universal law understand that, that when you are putting that type of energy into something, you are the one that is creating it. Right. You are, you are fueling it. You are fueling the next mass shooting. You're fueling the next person that abuses children. You're fueling the next war when you focus that way. But we can't possibly look at something like that in, in simple appreciation of all that is. Mm-hmm. We're not allowed to do that. That's mm-hmm. crazy. That's that, that stuff's evil. You don't understand. We have to draw the line at evil. Well, that argue, that argument doesn't work because obviously we have evidence all around us that the pushing against and the demonization of doesn't solve a thing for humanity. Mm-hmm. The detuning is in the, what if this thing that is a transgressor in my life, which we have far more control over than all of humanity, right? This thing that is a transgressor in my life, what if I stop making it a transgressor? What if I simply appreciate it as a co-creation that I was somehow in alignment with because of vibrational flow? Mm-hmm. It's not about fault. Mm-hmm. It's not about deserving. That's all egocentric human stuff. Mm-hmm. And what if I strip away all of these, these, these social engineering constructs that humanity has created, all of these rules, all of this judgment? Uh, what if I strip all that away? and return to my 3D life experience, my human life experience, and have a human life experience of imperfection and just appreciate the imperfection of it. Mm-hmm. What if I apply that to everything that's ever happened in my lifetime? You know, the, the transgressor energy from my parents, which we all have that story. Mm-hmm. We all have things that we absorb from our parents that serve us and things that do not serve us. Right. And that's by universal design because we didn't come here to have a perfect life experience. We came here for the struggle and the challenge and the suffering as much as we came here for the the beautiful things. Mm -hmm. Because everything that we create in our lives, everything that humanity creates, everything created in the universe is a solution to what was once perceived as a problem. The, the structure that we live in, the, the device that you're absorbing this material on right now, the connection that you're using, the internet itself, uh, the social media platform where you may have discovered this, all of those things were solving what was once perceived as a problem. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we create new things. And that's how humanity has created all of this technology. Uh, but there's contrast on all topics. So you create new technology. We can get together from anywhere in the world this way and communicate now. Not long ago, that was a dream. Mm-hmm. And that's fantastic. But there's also negative aspects of this, this type of communication as well, because it's easy to rally troops around something negative uh, you know, with this type of medium. But are you going to do away with it altogether because there's some that you think are misusing it? Mm-hmm. Of course not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's new creation, it's technology, it's new inventions, it's expansion of humanity. We're not going backward. We're not mm-hmm. going back to where we once were. So 
the idea of the, the demonization of the things that you that are not your preferences are is the very energy that keeps those things active in your life mm-hmm. and for all of humanity. Mm-hmm. So the more we come to understand that, gosh, you know, the more I fear being poor or being alone or being sick, the more I'm actually bringing that situation in. And we see that in other people, sometimes easier than we see it in ourselves. We all have friends and family and, and perhaps coworkers that we, you know, they're always complaining and they always have something to complain about. There's always an illness. There's always uh, poverty. There's always a lack of money. There's always a bad relationship. There's always a bad date. Whatever someone's focusing on keeps showing up over and over and over again. So until you clear the transgressor, the root transgressor that led you down that path, you're going to continue to experience the same thing, the same unwanted thing over and over and over again until you finally dig into where it's rooted in your lifetime Mm -hmm. and simply find appreciation for the the transgressor. Mm -hmm. Even if it was traumatic, Mm -hmm. finding appreciation for trauma is the path to solving it. Mm -hmm. And I work with people every day who have significant trauma. Uh, you know, one of my my rock star uh, students is a woman whose son was murdered, mm-hmm. and she dug in and found deep appreciation for his life journey and even the way that it ended, mm-hmm. and ultimately detuned even the murderer. And I don't want to use the term appreciation for the murderer because I, I, that's not what I'm trying to communicate. When I say appreciation, deep understanding, understanding, of yeah, perspective of how this type of thing transpires on our planet. But it really is about, again, zooming out, my favorite thing, zooming out to the source perspective of no judgment. So from source's perspective, we are all eternal beings. Mm -hmm. And the lifetime that we are perceiving that we're in right now, it's one of infinite experiences that we have as expressions of source. And the way that it's operated and the way that it may conclude in the timeline, all of the judgment around that is human creation. Mm -hmm. And the, the best example of this is when you, um, we all hear these stories about these small children that are born with terminal illness, cancer, mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they don't live very long. They live five, six years old. Their entire life is in a hospital. Uh, and everyone talks about what a bright light they were, mm-hmm. how enlightened that child was, and how at peace that child was with that experience, and how inspiring that was. Mm-hmm. We all know these stories, and they're not unusual. Well, that is an example of, of what I would call an advanced soul exactly. expressing itself for you get that right. I do for get humanity. That. <laughs> and don't you love that? Like, yeah. wow, that child that's born into poverty that may or may not make it out of that is a soul having yeah. its, its experience and physical. Yeah. yeah. That's sources perspective of all this. Hey, yeah. this is not such a big deal. You come in, you have your experience, you go, you expand yeah. whatever that experience is. It's such a beautiful way to view life because then all of a sudden, all that crap that we are so afraid of, you know, we're so afraid of death. We're so afraid of losing a loved one. We're so afraid of these things that it paralyzes us. You can just have this beautiful source perspective of appreciation of all that is. Mm-hmm. That's the most magical manifestation mm-hmm. as a human being that I can think of. I absolutely agree. I have said many times, like you can lament that that's happening and twist yourself up. I said, but then you miss the beauty in that soul agreeing to be this teacher, to go do its experience for the time that it was here and doesn't need to do 80 years like you slow learners, right? It came <laughs> in, it knew its, its perspective, did a U-turn, was back out. 
my husband passed five years ago and there were people who actually said to me, I don't think you're grieving. And I'm like, well, I don't think you get to decide that. But um, I said, I knew, intuitively knew this years before. I said, but we made a commitment to honor his time here. He always said he was going to retire at 50 and he ended up croaking. And then it was months later where I was like, oh man, that was brilliant. He always said, I'm going to retire at 50, retire at 50. <laughs> he passes at 50. It doesn't click in until months later. I was cleaning. Like, oh, you're retired, all right. <laughs> when I was cleaning, I was like, oh, that's brilliant. Oh, that's absolutely brilliant. Uh, because there's his manifestation, right? There's his understanding of his process. And I said to people, I can get mad. I can get sad. I can be frustrated. And I was all of those things. But ultimately, I am so impressed that he knows himself well enough and what his process was here that he's going to, you know, peace out, Girl Scout. Um, and, and he's out of here. And I said, that's not me in denial. That's me understanding that that process for him is his process. My process for me and our kids and everything is much different, but can still be of that appreciation. It can still be there without saying, I'm not going to have human experiences. Like they coexist. It doesn't, I'm not like living in this world of denial. <laughs> that, that was also, yeah. that was also suggested. Yeah, well, a lot of spiritual teachings are, are very um, bypassing. You know, you've got to feel good all the time. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times even people take the Abraham teachings and will say, well, you've got to be in your vortex. You can't not be in the vortex. Just feel good all the time. I actually work with a lot of people that, weren't served by that message sometimes. You know, right. You hear that, that, you know, hey, I tried to get there and stay there, but I just couldn't. I've got all this crap in my past that haunts me. I'm like, hey, yeah, me too. I get it. That's why I created Taya. <laughs> you know, Taya is all about learning to appreciate the whole flow, the gamut of it, all of it. And it's not just about, you know, getting into this high vibration space of just manifesting a whole bunch of stuff. Right. Uh, you know, there are teachings, I'm not specifically speaking of Abraham, certainly, but, you know, there are teachings out there around law of attraction. They're just about that, that one component of it. And I've had the big house and the fancy cars and, and, and I love all that stuff. I still do. But there's nothing that compares to that zoomed out source perspective of all of humanity mm -hmm. and being able to observe or absorb anything that's going on in the world and simply appreciate the experience that the beings are having, mm -hmm. even if they're not appreciating it, mm -hmm. even if they're appreciating it, seeing it from that high perspective of source. That's if you talk about a gooey feeling, mm -hmm. that is the ultimate gooey feeling because mm -hmm. it's it's there. It's in us. We're mm -hmm. taught to fear and we're taught to judge and we're taught to, you know, not die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we're taught to, you know, the, <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> I know and we're all going to do it. It's, it's, it's how, how disarming is that? Right. We're all taught to fear the one thing that we're mm -hmm. all going to experience no matter what. Yeah. Very disarming. Yeah. And the, the whole idea of victim uh, victimization is very disarming. And, and, and people will hear this sometimes and they'll say, well, David's a victim blamer. This is not about blame at all. Mm -hmm. This is about co-creation from a myriad of vibration mm -hmm. of things that we like and things that we don't. Mm -hmm. And claiming ownership of all of that stuff, if, if you want to change your triggers, mm -hmm. go into the root of your trigger and transmute that negative energy into appreciation. And it doesn't matter if you understand how you could have manifested it that that's that's pointless to even dive into exactly. that. usually what happens is when you find the appreciation for it 
and you just let it be the clarity of how it served you shows up. Yeah. And I see my whole childhood like that. And I had, you know, I was abused. I was sexually abused. I was, my father, you know, left when I was six and uh, started another family. My mother was very disconnected from my life and, and my teen years were rough. I was struggling with being dyslexic, gay, <laughs> and a channel. <laughs> and I didn't want any part of me being a parent, much less a parent of that trifecta. Yeah, I was just going to say the trifecta of David. <laughs> yeah. And she, you know, at one point I was really down. And I remember her telling me, you should just kill yourself. My mother told me, why don't you go kill yourself? And that was a big turning point for me. That was a, wow. No, <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm not going to do that. You know, and she told me I was stupid one time. That was a yeah. big one for me too. She said, oh, you're stupid like me. And I'll never forget saying, maybe you're stupid, but I'm not. You know, this yeah. is it really those, her most abusive words. And she was physically abusive when I was little. And that was no big deal compared to the, the things that she yeah. said. And the things that she said, when they got nasty enough, that flipped for me. And I'm like, wow, I've got the clarity of this example of a person that I don't want to be. Mm, there's the you know, contrast. For a while, my quote unquote, my biggest fear was becoming like my mother, you know, and then I realized I need to quit fearing that. Mm-hmm. I made peace with it. And then the, the irony is, is that she and I made peace with one another. When I got old enough, I, I uh, gosh, I didn't get past the 10th grade, but I started my own business at 19 and I started making money and she never had money. And I started buying her things. I remodeled her apartment. I bought her a dog and suddenly we were friends. Yeah. And we were friends until I was 24. I'd moved away and, and taken a corporate job. And I came back. I'd fallen in love with someone. I came back and I actually called her and told her I was gay. And she never spoke to me again for the rest of her life. After that, for the next 20 years, she never spoke to me again. So I had to go through that process of, of you know, having a mother who was verbally abusive and then having her, you know, become my friend thinking this is great. You know, she wasn't a great mother, but now we can be friends. This is wonderful. And acting like a friend in my life to completely shutting down on me. And it it was really shocking to me too, Mm -hmm. because I didn't know her as this anti-gay person necessarily. Mm -hmm. You know, she worked in the fashion industry, so she was around gay men. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were friendly. We could talk about anything. And it was this great relationship. And it was just such a shock to me that she, she hung up the phone and I waited a year to call her back. And when I called her back, she's like, you're dead. You died on that day. I don't ever want to talk to you again. You're dead to me. And we sort of let each other have it. And that was it. And then for the next 20 years, nothing. She passed away in 2014, I believe. And I never saw her again, never spoke to her again, but I detuned her and I detuned her via finding appreciation of her. Yeah. And when I found the appreciation of her as she was realizing, gosh, Look at how amazing my life is in spite of the fact that I'm gay, in spite of the fact that I have a 10th grade education. You know, here I am earning, you know, all this money in this corporate environment where people have to have an MBA to report to me. (laughs) That's kind of funny. And, you know, here I've accomplished all these things. And her pushing against me calls me to push back and really go inward. And that's what gave me this life. So Mm -hmm. she was the perfect mother for me. Mm -hmm. And in my finding appreciation for her, I started having her come to me in my dreams. And the way I knew that I was experiencing her and her, what I call her completed state, this dream uses that term all the time of death. Yeah. uh, Is that I experienced her in my dreams, how I know she would have loved to have been in life. This version of her came to me. She didn't have kids. Mm. I wasn't experiencing her as, her as her child. No kids. She had little poodles running around. She loved dogs. She was like laying out these beautiful clothes. She was always in the clothes. And she um, lived in this lakefront, beautiful home. And she was happy. 
Mm-hmm. And I realized that's, that's the version of my mother that I'm going to hold on to mm-hmm. because that's how she is now that she's released all of her, her ego shit mm-hmm. because it was that for her. She really went down into low vibration and operated her entire life down there in misery. She never got over a divorce from 1975 to 2014. She was angry about her divorce. You know, she never uh, wanted to be a, a parent. She didn't want any part of that. She was always broke. Mm-hmm. Uh, never more, earned more than probably minimum wage her whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even though she did some jobs where she should have made more money, she didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she died a very painful, sad death with Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my brother had her in a, a nursing, a state run nursing facility. So none of that was good stuff. And I don't know that she knew a day of happiness, you mm-hmm. know, and, and so that was a great teacher for me mm-hmm. of how I'm not going to run my life, how mm-hmm. I'm not going to be bitter about, you know, any transgressor from my past. Mm-hmm. Best thing ever. Mm-hmm. It does. When you have that zooming out, as you describe it, it, it does give the. I want people to hear that it's not excusing poor behavior, but it gives you the process and the ability to be like, oh, it's almost like a math equation that worked out. Like you you get all of the letters of the formula. Yeah, it's just taking the judgment out of it. You yeah. know, was she a great mother? No, she was not a great mother. You know, I'm not going to pretend for a second that she was some great mother, but she ended up in the end, even though it caused suffering for me, Again, I see the beauty and the perfection right. of it now, how that was the perfect experience yeah. for me. It was right. not a good experience for her, but that's what her soul manifested in the sum of her choices in 3D as a human being led her down that path. Mm-hmm. But where, no matter how long you've been in that low vibe path, there's always a way out of that. Right. The, the higher vibration is always available. It's playing all the time. Yeah. You have to learn to tune to it. Yeah. And the, the tuning to it is the vibrational set of tools that allow you to tune to it, cleaning up all the muck that's dragging you down. Exactly. And, and dragging you down to that other frequency that is delivering things that you don't want. Right. And I really believe that there's a, a learning in everything. I don't believe that we go through things to learn a lesson, but I believe that there's a learning in everything if you're willing to show up to class. Like if you're willing to say, yeah. what is this teaching me? Um, and wait, what was my part in all of this? Um, it's it's empowering more than like from that, you know, psyche perspective. Like it, it permeates the empowerment imp- permeates oneself when you realize that, okay, I, one of the things, actually, I just finished recording a podcast that'll come out in a couple of weeks. And one of the lines that came through to me was that, listen, perfection isn't possible anyway. And you're going to have all these lifetimes and you're getting all like really focused on this one. And you just want to get it perfect and you want to have everything. Why? Why? Joy abundance of relationship uh, and with that if the the material when the material comes with that because it often opens the door um for that to show up too but first almost giving self permission to experience the joy that's here like you're not you're you don't have to stay miserable because you had those experiences you know there's a choice in all of this and it's exciting to have that choice. And that's one of the things that has always been, I think, a driver for me is I want every person. To, <laughs> I know they have to do it for themselves. I get that. But I want every person to feel the support of this stream, to feel 
the love that's there, to feel the hilarity, the the humor that exists in the non-physical or in source energy, just that reverence that is in reverence. Somehow, I, I don't know. Well, after I croak, I'll ask that question, how they do that. But I have many questions. The, the souls that greet me are in trouble <laughs> because I'm like, I have all these questions um, that I feel like this... Um, you helping people and myself too, because this is a lot of the work I do, but helping people through your program and through this very clear conversation. I think that's what I appreciate the most is like, listen, we're not putting sparkles on things. We're not saying that stuff doesn't happen, but how do you want to affect that change? How do you want to experience your life? I mean, it comes down to that. How do you want to experience it? Do you want to be miserable all the time, um, former mother-in-law? Um, or do you want to... <laughs> I actually said to her one day, I said, I don't understand. I said, we're all here celebrating you. It was like Mother's Day or something like that. I said, and yet you are still so miserable. And she's like, not everybody lives in your world, Vicky. I said, you can, you can. And I used to tease her. I was the only daughter-in-law. And I used to say to her, you know, I'm your favorite. Someday you're going to admit that I'm your favorite daughter-in-law. And she used to get so frustrated with me. And my husband thought it was funny, but um, we, and I, other people in the family was, would want to be in that miserable with her. And I said, I, I'm just not going to join that. That is not what I know is possible for her life, as a, but it's definitely not where I'm going to vibe or live or anything like that. And I'm grateful because the nieces and nephews who are, you know, of like in their 30s now, they're like, thank you for that example, you know, because the family has a history of all being in that look, like everything is calamity. Everything is what's put upon us. Everything's happened to us. And I'm like, do you understand? <laughs> I kind of person non grato to some of them, but I'm like, you can shift this. And they're like, we don't all live there, Vic. And I'm like, oh, come on over, though. It's a lot of fun. So yeah, there's there's so much programming that that leads people down that path of just mm -hmm. like, again, that's that whole victim thing, right? Yeah. That life is happening to you, not for you. And it's tough. It's rough. And if you, you know, there's so many outlets to feed that. Yeah. yeah I was on somebody yesterday. Uh, I remember during the height of COVID, uh, that CNN used to have the death count on the screen 24 seven, you know, you turn on CNN and see the news. Here's how many people are dying and you're going to die too. And, you know, live in fear and tune in because yeah. we have advertisers that, that want to advertise to you. Yeah. So the, you, know, you can really get into that vibe. But sometimes it, it just becomes so painful to exist there that you need to disrupt that and create yeah. something else for yourself. And the thing I love about Taya, the strings teachings, is that you you get to live in the real world. You don't mm. have to be off in fantasy land or you don't have to be off on a mountaintop meditating all day. Um, you know, I don't think that we're here for that. We no. didn't come here sit in silence yeah. and just meditate our lives away we came to be human yeah. to move through vibrational flow to experience positive things you know the things that we want and, and things that we don't like yeah. but you can definitely appreciate the process of creation even when the things that are not your preference are showing up mm -hmm. 
this doesn't, this isn't about perfection because anytime I have imperfection happen in my life, I will jump on my podcast and I will talk about it. I had identity theft last year and I, I went on and talked about it and how I solved it and how it got solved very quickly because I didn't make such a big deal out of it. It's just something that happened. And, you know, I, th- I still have obstacles that show up and I've learned to love my obstacles because I know that's driving me to create deeper to create a better version of whatever I'm creating in my life. And I'm always creating something. Mm -hmm. So the viewing it in trust, and you said this earlier, you know, trust is the most important word we have, I think, Mm -hmm. because it's, it's the law of attraction just is it's Mm -hmm. like gravity. It just is. So it's not about using the law of attraction or learning to manifest. We are manifesting everything all the time, but we're manifesting in vibrational flow, which is why we have this mix of positive and negative. But when you start trusting and appreciating the low vibration time, the negative, and you can get there, then it's fewer and further between. It's not so uncomfortable and you don't have as many obstacles showing up. And then when they do show up, you learn that all you've got to do is appreciate them. Your vibration goes up. You're once mm-hmm. again connected to source, which is where your intuition you know, comes from. All new thought is really happening up there. And then it's solved. Mm-hmm. And every, anything and everything can be solved in that source connection. Mm-hmm. But when you're holding yourself down in that, well, you don't understand. My life has been difficult. Everybody thinks their life has been difficult. Everybody. Mm-hmm. The most, quote unquote, I don't like this word, privileged people that we know. They have difficulties. Yeah, we were talking about that in my my boot camp meeting this morning. That um, you know, some of us have been around some very wealthy people, generational wealth, and none of them were happy. Right. We were, we were comparing notes on that this morning. Though, why are these people with so much money having all these experiences? Everybody thinks they need to be happy. Why are they always so miserable? You know, why is that? We really dug into that yeah. in the group this morning. It was a very well, interesting conversation. I see that a lot too, because I work with a lot of um, executives. And I think because of my matter of factness about things, like when you come to me, I see a soul, I see a person, I don't see your labels. Um, and then we're going to look at whatever's going on in there and recognize that that's the disconnect. They're not happy because they're disconnected from their own energy, their source. And, and maybe because whatever life presented to them and and then they attracted and they are living in doesn't allow them to show up in brilliance because so much is taken care of. You know, sometimes that challenge and you get curious about the challenge and the digging deep and everything, that's where the, the brilliance shows up because you connect with self and, and why are you here? But if, if, if it's been paved, I get a little frustrated with the parents that make everything okay for their kids. And I'm like, you, you're, you're screwing them up. Like they have to fall down. They had, that's how they figured out gravity. They fell down. <laughs> they figured right. it out, you know? So if you're paving the way and a lot of times I'll say to the parents, did you walk behind them and catch their little tush every time you didn't? They fell down. They figured it out. They Their little brains went into action and they figured out gravity. They can figure out the rest of this too. And that's why we're all here because we have curiosity and we want to learn and we want to expand and take it sure into the next lifetime, the gifts we get and figure out in this lifetime. Um, but we don't have to do it through turmoil or what I call like, I actually said this to a woman the other day. Um, I said, I can go get you the V that Laverne used to wear on her sweater if you'd like to walk around in victimhood the rest of your life. <laughs> and and it, people do get really 
bounced in that and love to wear that and don't want to let that go. Yeah, but it was enough. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. It was enough to, for her to go to laugh because they know I don't mean it harshly, but to be like, really, am I doing that? And I'm like, you kind of are. And she rocked her L. So let's just get whatever it is for you. But thank you. I want to thank you, especially for this conversation, because I feel like a lot of the times I don't get to nod and go, yeah, yeah, that, that, that. And you have such a great way of describing it. And and I'm very uh, excited to share this with my crews um, because I feel like it's COVID allowed people, the, one of the gifts of COVID is it allowed people to raise their vibrations um, if they wanted to, if they chose to be part of it. And I do feel like that was one of the gifts. And I feel like that, that's why I'm so excited about the timing of this and then your, your Taya book too. Um, so make sure we know about that so we can launch that to, or share that too when you launch. Um, because I feel like sometimes when people are expanding, um, they, we have this, but it's really nice to have those who have the words for it, um, and who have the structure for it and who are leading with their heart, their head and their soul, like all of it, because it needs to all be there. And I'm grateful. And now I'll go read the book. Um, <laughs> to read the book, I'll, I'll come back and, or, or I can come back and bring the stream and you can ask some of your questions to the stream. They have never been stumped. I would love that. I would love You can Ooh. play stump the stream or try to stump the stream. So I, I just want to thank you again for having me on. And I do have a Facebook group that people can get into. So if anyone listening wants to learn more about the Taya practice, you can join the Taya practice Facebook group. The TYA practice, trust your abundance. Okay. It's a free group. You get in there and we teach Taya in there every week. I will head on over. And the streamofdavid.com is your website. And we'll we'll throw stuff in the podcast notes. Um, admittedly, Michelle will do that. I won't. Um, but <laughs> I am so grateful. Thank you for allowing me to play in your energy. I felt the stream pop in. <laughs> I felt the stream present, not pop in. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I, I am very grateful because uh, sometimes it can feel like an island. Um, and I'm appreciative to be able to dance in it with you. So thank you. I love it. Thank you. If this is something you feel would be beneficial to you, feel free to pop on over to the website, vickybaird.com, V-I-C-K-I, B-A-I-R-D.com or at Coach Vicki Baird on all the social platforms.